Operator Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship USS Reusable Bag, our ongoing mission. To seek out new episodes, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to promote Rutherford! So a trick of podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. A hundred percent Unless we have a less leftist guest Patrick and Britain Talking, joking, farting and shitting All about Star Trek Like our buttholes, the show is wrecked Soy Trek, the podcast is here so listen to Soy Trek right in your ears. Oh, howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Sky is cloudy. Actually, it's not. It's actually kind of a nice day. Today. Yeah, it was cloudy yesterday. Today yeah. is very beautiful. Today is beautiful. Let's it, give thanks. It's a beautiful day. Oh, Let, yeah, let's give thanks to our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Have you heard the good news? I no. He, I haven't heard good he, news in a while. He's risen. He's risen. Now you heard good news. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you've probably been, like, paying attention to, like, the news. The news. But I'll tell you what the news is, friend. Liberal bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some whole show down there. That's some whole shit. We don't, they, we, they, they growing whole shit down there. We need, we need the good news from the Joan J.C. himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good old yeah. Jesus Christ. The, the only news you... Jesus Christ! Yeah, the only news you need to read is a, a 1,500-year-old book uh, you might know called the Bible. Yeah. Ever heard of it? Called Bible? Ever heard of it? King James Bible? King James Bible. Or, uh... That's only like 500 years old. Yeah. <laughs> get that King James Bible. Which Bible are you talking about? There's so many. And the thing that's weird is, like, you know, like, culture and language has changed so much since then. And they've translated the Bible, and there's, like, you know, New International and stuff like mm -hmm. that, and the Modern Bible, and things that, like, make a lot more sense to have. But, like, the King James Bible is still around and still colors the language, especially in developing countries, mm -hmm. you notice. Because, like, there's so many NGOs and so many, like, missionaries and shit just crawling around developing countries that a lot of their learning English is very flavored by, like... You know, that's one of the only English books that all of them usually have access to is yeah. the Bible. Yeah, because they're, they're just given Bibles like crazy. Yeah, they got English language Bibles have got to be the most printed of any any other language of Bible. Yeah, like by far. Meanwhile, in that in the two thousand two mm -hmm. movie, The Time Machine. Yeah. Future of humanity learns English from random signs that are left behind, and they are able to develop English into a full language complex language that'd be amazing if they only use words that were on signs <laughs> i know i know so it's like their their way to consent for sex is stop 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 stop, stop. madison ave hey <laughs> <laughs> a, a street a street library this way <laughs> it's just like it's just weird that they it's just like and they show like 
He's like, how do you how do you speak English? And then like she's like, come this way, I'll show you the teachers. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, you just uh, you just found all these random signs and mm-hmm. were able to not only develop like the proper pronunciation, but the complete syntax and other words that aren't on the signs. Yeah, that are all correct. That's fascinating. <laughs> it's, it's very fascinating. It makes copyright sense, baby. <laughs> copyright sense. But yeah, you know what? But you know, I'll forgive it. It's a, it's an interesting tale. It is a tale. It's a, t- a tale. A tale for a weary traveler. Would you like to come here <laughs> and hear the t- hear the H.G. Wells time machine? Yeah, it's weird that you decided to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is, huh? You're right. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Um, yeah. I watch it on your Plex server. Yeah, so I guess I had it. So yeah. that, that one's on me. Yeah. Uh, which reminds me, uh, we uh, we have a Patreon. You should go to patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things there, including access to my Plex server, mm-hmm. which has H.G. Wells, the time machine from 2002 or something. Yeah. yeah. Has, uh, has Guy Pierce, uh the guy who played Robert Baratheon. Guy Pierce is like good looking dude. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I liked him in uh what's it called? Uh Memento. It's one of my favorite Guy yeah. Pierce movies. Yeah, Memento's a good good yeah. film. We like Memento. Yeah. I've always wanted to use that as That's a Halloween costume. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Christopher Nolan films. Mm. The earlier Christopher Nolan I think the first half of his career is superior to the second half. Yeah. Like, I did not care for Tenant. Yeah. Uh, which that wasn't the dream one, was it? That no. that was. I, I don't one, think I saw ten. That was after you want to watch it. It was making my head hurt because mm-hmm. it dealt with time travel mechanics in a very mm-hmm. very in an extremely confusing way. A very real convoluted. Yeah, like uh, and I do like how like the main character is named protagonist. Like I like stuff like that. Cause, you know, that is kind of fun. Yeah, because yeah, like there's. Well, um, I mean that that's just stealing from like uh, fucking Snow Crash. Yeah, though. Snow Crash hero protagonist. Yeah, hero protagonist. Yeah, yeah like uh, but um. Yeah, it was like it was too confusing. So by the end, I was just like, I have no idea what's happening and why it's happening. Mm-hmm. It, it like the way they depict like you know, there's people in two different timelines where one person's going backwards and one person's going forwards and they're fighting each other. Okay. So that was interesting. It looked to look at. I don't know if it made exact sense, but uh, I, I don't think that w- works. <laughs> And the and the mechanics of the TV of the movie it does. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, I just I just let I just let the whole movie pass over my smooth brain and, and like then, the person going back in time would just get their ass fucking kicked, right? <sighs> well, I don't know. I guess I guess it doesn't matter. I don't yeah, because like because it's kind of weird because they're kind of operating because like in the same time almost, mm-hmm. but it, but going in different directions. Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like some bullshit. <laughs> it some bullshit. But you know there are defenders of that movie online. Oh yeah, there's a lot of Christopher Nolan stands online. Yeah, and even though the movie made absolutely zero <laughs> motherfucking sense, there's gonna be people that are gonna tell you it's the most genius film ever made. They can suck my dick. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it would help or hinder you if you were to go in high. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something you can try. You can just get really, really blasted and then watch it. Sandblasted. Sandblasted. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna sandblast all my skin off and then go into it with like sand burns. Mm. Yeah. 
It's so coarse it gets everywhere. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I hate sand. Sand. I hate sand. I fucking hate sand. It you, gets you, know, I, you know how much I fucking hate sand. You, Padme, you know, Padme. How, you know how much I fucking hate sand. I killed them. I killed them all. <laughs> I, I fucking because they were they were sandy. They were sandy. All the children were sandy. <laughs> I hate them. They were sandy cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a SpongeBob reference? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Sandy Cheeks the squirrel. Yeah. Neat. <laughs> I made a SpongeBob meme today about Worf. Oh, really? Yeah, I posted it like between episodes. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. It's fun. About how he gets too overpowered by uh, Picard, basically. Mm. You know, I can see that, especially since he's a weak ass little bitch. In he TNG. Is. Yeah, he's just guy. The guy who gets beat up. Mm-hmm. You have to prove how strong everyone is. But I'm like, maybe that proves how weak he is. I mm-hmm. don't. I don't know. Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. Putting that Put, out there. Putting that in the universe mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. manifest your destiny. Hell yeah, Manifest Destiny. That's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> that's you wouldn't we be here change. without Manifest Destiny. Yeah, that's what we should change the, the podcast to is, uh, you know, instead of the Marxist uh, Star Trek podcast, the Manifest Destiny Star Manifest Trek podcast. Manifest Destiny podcast. The, the one that, that, that believes in, uh, you know, uh, colonialism, mm-hmm. uh, stealing native lands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> That'll definitely. go over really well. Yeah, the internet would like that. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get that Daily Wire money though. That's true. We would, <laughs> and that maybe some Koch brothers money. Yeah, Koch brothers money, yeah. and that'd be great. We can so hang we out. Could, they could uh, do videos of us on PragerU. Yeah, <laughs> hang uh, out with the likes of Ben Shapiro and Ben Shapiro's female clone. Oh, his, what his sister or like? No, it's oh, like, no, that 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 one. Yeah, yeah, it's a really weird little girl that they found that looked exactly like him, mm-hmm. which I think is insane. Like it has to be like a clone situation. Yeah, like it, I don't think there's any other explanation. Do you think for Ben it. Shapiro has any sperm to clone though? I mean, they cloned him from a hair follicle or something. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, he does have like, that hair. Yeah, I mean, if anything, they took his blood or something and. It's a child. It's a child. It's a clone of blood, not of sperm. No, definitely not a sperm. <laughs> I think he has kids though, which like blows. It's very. It's, yeah. It can't be his sperm that made those kids, right? Yeah, it could be like a Michael Jackson situation where he just like comes in a cup and then he, they. Fucking, yeah, an Australian man father his children. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna guess it was the Australian man. If you could have one person fa- sire your your children, who would it be? Hmm. If you found out that you were like, you, you, you know, you, you find a you find a mate and you want to have children with them, but you find out that your sperm non-viable. Just, no, non-viable. Bad hmm. stuff. Bad sperm. Bad juju, my friend. <sighs> Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Yeah. You just go for that. Okay. Yeah. We were he's just Austra- talking about. He's Australian. And he's the last guy you were thinking about. <laughs> yeah, so you're the last like, guy I was thinking about. The last man you mentioned. So. Yeah. And he's Australian, so that fits like the bill of what like about, fathering what about, children. What, what about Mel Gibson? Oh, definitely not. Why not? He's Australian. He, technically. I, I, technically. He, really. was, he was born in New York City. He was, yeah, but he moved from New like, York port. City. Or as he would call it. <laughs> York City. Yeah, that's how bad he hates New York City. Uh, he's just you're, you're just. I have it on the board. I know. I know. I you know. don't have to make your own censor sound. That just makes us look fucking cheap, man. We're gonna make, maybe maybe that will go for. We're the chief Star Trek. <laughs> the podcast. chief Star Trek podcast. 
But yeah, that, that, that's how bad he hates it. He decided to call himself Australian and fake an Australian accent his entire life. Yeah. He doesn't want to be known as coming from <laughs> York City. Jesus. <laughs> Damn. I don't know you had that in you, buddy. I, me either. <laughs> yeah. Where'd that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was like, uh, you were like Warren Zevon and like, ow, werewolves of London. But you were like, of New York. (laughs) Damn, dude. Went hard on that. Went hard. I saw a Jew carrying a Chinese menu. Um, (laughs) I love that song. It's great. Yeah, it is great. I'm going to listen to it in the car. (laughs) Mel Gibson, don't be anti-Semitic, folks. Don't be Mel Gibson. It's a bad look, yeah. It's funny how Mike, my brother, is so so dialed into the um culture war stuff he was arguing like he was art oh, you're, you're gonna love this i think mm. you're you better brace yourself okay um my brother said um mel gibson is a better director than james cameron <laughs> that's supposed to be a laugh uh, i guess i don't have laughs on here yeah uh, we'll yeah go for that. uh, that's more fitting I thought it, I thought you were doing the applause because it made you so incredibly angry. Yeah. <laughs> that you were. <laughs> yeah. It's That's be- some fucking bullshit. That's some bullshit. Yeah, but it's because he directed the um, the supposed you know child slavery movie, so he's, he he knows more about story than James Cameron. Wait, Mel Gibson did wait, which one? Uh, the child the 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 one with Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Mel Gibson directed that. Pretty sure, didn't he? I thought he did he. I don't think so. I thought it was, I thought that was someone completely different. Um, what what the fuck was that movie called? I don't know. Caviezel movie. Uh, Sound of Freedom. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was a different director. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's still I think working on putting together um, Passion of the Christ too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He needs people to get a double dose of Jesus. To Jesus, to Christ. To Jesus, to Christ. <laughs> to Jesus, to fe- yeah. To Son of God, to Furious. Yeah, but yeah, he was just like Mel Gibson has a better sense of storytelling than uh, than than uh, James Cameron. No, no, he's done some interesting things. I like it. I liked Apocalypto for the most part, mm-hmm. but I don't know. No. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Uh, what What did we watch today? Um, I have no bones, but I must flee. The second episode of season four of Lower Decks. Indeed, released uh, yesterday, September 7th, 2023. Uh, the 32nd of 32nd, 32 episodes uh, in Lower Decks and the 895th episode overall. This one was written by Aaron Burdett, who is a comedy writer who comes out of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh, I love that Brad Stevens Brigade. Yeah. And um, directed by Megan Lloyd uh, in their directorial debut. Mm. Yeah, right. So, in a torture room aboard a Romulan ship, two Romulan officers are cleaning up the aftermath of a Reman being tortured to death and wonder why they always have to clean up after Reman, saying they make the biggest messes. <laughs> Uh, they also note how their subcommander, Vrek, takes pleasure in their misery, and she tells Moloch that she intends to assassinate Vrek and betray him. Mm-hmm. 
Malak tells her that he already plans to betray Vrek and that his plans will come to fruition first, though she dismisses this claim as the two argue and alert sounds through the ship and the two rush to the bridge. Uh, and this this is kind of a fun, like, just being very upfront about, like, the tropes that they uh, yeah. they make the Romulans, you know? Yeah, they're just, they're just constantly scheming against each other and mm-hmm. being, being uh, just hateful and uh, silly. I, I did like how it ramped it up, like, mm-hmm. to 11. Yeah, so on the bridge, Vrek orders a status report. One of his officers tells him that an unknown ship has intentionally blocked their path. Vrek wonders how the ship managed to detect them through their cloaking device and accuses Moloch of poten- uh, potential sabotage. Moloch denies the accusation and Vrek orders the ship's destruction. His first officers attempt to comply, but they alert Vrek that the ship's systems are not responding. Vrek desperately orders the ship to go to cloak, but the mysterious ship fires a single beam at the Romulans, completely destroying their ship. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of a. Uh, same thing from the last episode to that yeah this yeah. Is what, and this is why i definitely think like yeah it's like a like a future craft of some kind why because it's destroying like specific it, ships or and, and it also has the ability to see through cloak uh-huh. like romulan cloak no problem that's true um and 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 it's able to wipe it out with a single beam and also it's operated by a single person and so it kind of makes me think of you know the um the um, time travel twink from Enterprise. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of makes me think of his ship a little because his ship. Interesting. Yeah. Time travel twink. Yeah, time travel twink. Yeah. So in the gym aboard the Cerritos, Commander Jack Ransom and Lieutenant Shax are helping each other stretch and do yoga. And Ransom notes how tense Shax is, which is pretty gay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah, I do like I do like how they're uh, doing the scene from uh, from TNG T- with yeah. uh, with Deanna Troy and uh, Crusher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're wearing like the same leotards and everything, and it's pretty cute. I love it. So Shax talks about a few problems he's having with Tiana before asking how the newly promoted Lieutenant Junior's uh, junior grades are doing or sorry lieutenant's junior grade he notes that all have been doing well except for mariner little does he know that mariner is about to enter the gym and can overhear their entire conversation she overhears that ransom has her right where he wants her and that soon quote she won't be my problem anymore and then <laughs> he laughs with shacks menacingly i do like the um <clears throat> i do like how this is setting up sort of a uh a three's company style misunderstanding yeah yeah this is very three's company like what what you're not gay no 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 trust me i am gay yeah see watch me i'll suck your dick i'll suck your dick if i get to keep this apartment oh jack i guess i'm gonna have to prove it to me <laughs> get, get, get down on your knees there boy i'm gonna show you why i was in the apple dumpling gang <laughs> <laughs> how's how's that gag reflex? <laughs> Gonna feel some apple dumplings against your back. <laughs> you know, I I used to be a sheriff's deputy. <laughs> I've got some handcuffs. I got some handcuffs. Oh, oh, jeez, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> none of our audience knows who. Three's yeah, no, no. I think we I think we did we have this conversation yeah, before. No, no one understands our threes company references <laughs> and like all like. <laughs> No one else was raised. I've actually watched it recently, and you seem to have like watched a lot of Nick at Night about it. <laughs> no, I didn't have cable. Like it was just, um, it was on just like regular TV during the during on on the weekends, and I just okay. 
I would just sit there and watch Three's Company uh, marathon. <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> I know. This is the saddest. <laughs> This is a childhood memory that's only not sad if it happened in like the 70s. <laughs> this is something I should be saving for therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do have too much too much time spent in my life watching Three's Company. Yeah. Well, you know what they say. Mm. <laughs> Three's Company 2! <too! laughs> um, so... Uh, Mariner overhears the entire conversation and uh, leaves in displeasure as Ransom invites Shax for hot fudge Sundays after the workout and exclaims, uh, cheat day. Cheat day. Cheat day. That's what I was wondering, like, you know, in the future, like, obviously you can make ice cream Sundays just be the most nutrient dense food. Right. Like, it, it, and like be, calorie deficient. Yeah. And so, it would be calorie deficient and just have like a pretty much just, it would be like eating just kale. Yeah, it'd, it'd be made out of, like, the most perfectly reconstructed frozen celery compote, basically. Yeah. And it would taste like pure vanilla. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. So, I, I wish I had that. Yeah. I mean, you can buy sugar-free ice cream. None of it's great yet, but no. it's, it's getting better. No. Everything but also, I, better. I needed to have just, like, it'd be like a protein shake with... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, true. I mean, frozen protein shakes are surprisingly good. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean the protein drink. I mean, I I do like a vanilla powder or gain mm-hmm. or gains. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's one of the big vegan ones. Yeah, and yeah. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. As mixed with water. So in the lower decks crew bunks, newly promoted lieutenants uh, Junior Bradward Boimler and Devon Attendee are packing up their belongings as they get ready to move into their own rooms. Boimler gets a little emotional as he looks up at the top of his bunk to a dent where he would hit his head during a red alert, and he calls it Denty. (laughs) They reminisce on all the time they spent together in this corridor as ensigns, as Tendi notices Mariner in an uptight mood and offers to help her pack her stuff, but Mariner declines, believing that she will soon be demoted back down to Ensign, telling them what she heard in the gym. In the gym. In the gym. Uh, You know what else is in the gym? Occasionally Spock. (laughs) Uh, I got him. Jim Kirk. Jim Kirk's in the, or Spock's in the gym. Yeah, occasionally. I'm gonna go work out in the gym. Yeah, I was I was talking to someone the other day, and we definitely agreed, and we were on the same page that um, Kirk is a verse top, and Spock is a verse bottom. Mm. Right. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Yeah. That's that's not just headcanon. That's that's the gospel now. <laughs> the gospel. That's part of the Bible. The gospel according to Garp. Yep. <laughs> so Tendi is confused as she thought Ransom was going to be supportive of Mariner, but Mariner says that this always happens when she gets promoted. She tells them she won't fall for his gag and promises to become an insubordinate supernova to get demoted on her own terms before leaving and says that uh, if she's going to get demoted, she's going to deserve it. Boimler and Tendi grab their stuff and go check out their new rooms, and Tendi invites Rutherford to join them before remembering Rutherford didn't get promoted with them. Tendi notes how uh, she's unsure how she'll feel no longer bunking with Rutherford, and Rutherford assures her that he'll get a promotion soon and join them. Boimler and Tendi are both unsure at how simple it will be for Rutherford to get a promotion, but he runs off in excitement to earn a new promotion while Boimler and Tendi leave their crew bunks. 
And uh, I, I, I like Rutherford. He's, he's, he's a fun character. He, Me too. He's, he's really good in this episode. He's got a positive vibe to him. Mm-hmm. I don't really know anybody in life like Rutherford. Yeah. I kind of wish I did. He's always positive. He's got dog yeah. energy. Yeah. he's uh. yeah, And I wonder if that is part of the, you know, as we explored last season, like mm-hmm. his brain injury. <laughs> true, <laughs> like, true. Like he's like he still remained a lot of his intelligence, but he's just like mm-hmm. seems to be very agreeable. Yeah, very people pleasing. Just like, it's like a like a golden retriever. Yeah, <laughs> we love we love those dog brain people, you know. And Rutherford does sound like the name like a dog would have. Like it is Rutherford. A dog. Rutherford. Rutherford. So in the hangar, Mariner, still in her attire from her workout, approaches Ransom, and an ensign named Gary. Uh, Ransom notes her tardiness, uh, says she was always on time, though, almost on time, though, and asks her to change into her uniform, but Mariner refuses, saying she's going to keep it casual today. Yeah. I like how she's wearing her workout outfit that she was wearing in that one episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ransom asks her to brief Gary on the mission, and Mariner tells Gary that they'll be visiting a menagerie, just like in the TOS episode, The The Menagerie. Menagerie. Uh, to rescue a couple humans who were picked up accidentally and that they were there to have them transferred back to their homeworld. <laughs> this makes Gary very nervous, and Ransom assures them that the mission is not dangerous, it happens all the time, and informs him of the menagerie's strict no-weapons policies as he dissuades him from taking a phaser. Mariner says that this is a common occurrence and that the mission will be over relatively quickly before addressing Ransom by his first name, much Mm -hmm. to his annoyance, but he doesn't correct her. Mm -hmm. Gary asks if she's allowed to do that as a junior-grade lieutenant, and Mariner replies that socially, her and Ransom are equals, which makes him cringe, but he ignores her. (laughs) And they get ready to leave. Boimler approaches his new room and enters only to be surprised by a bright red light flooding from the room in in from the ship's port nacelle. Uh, And he's very disappointed about this. This is very reminiscent of the Seinfeld episode with the Kenny Rogers roasters. And Mr. Marbles. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Marbles! Yeah. Boimler tries to fumble around clumsily as his vision is hindered by the brightness, though he tries to make the best of the situation. Uh, and then he drops Little Archer, yeah. which was a fun little thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a little Archer figurine, I presume. Meanwhile, Ransom, Mariner, and Gary approach uh, Narge's miraculous ma- menagerarium in the shuttle Yosemite 2, and Ransom orders Mariner for her to bring them in nice and easy. Mariner, though, accelerates, much to everybody's shock, and right before the crash, Mariner drifts the shuttlecraft into the hangar, and uh, prefer, performs pretty much an emergency landing. Um, and while Ransom is first a bit flustered, he compliments her on her piloting. Mm-hmm. Gary mutters that he needs to replicate some new pants <laughs> because he pooped his pants. So we have a, a pooped pants joke now. Yeah, we, we love poopy pants jokes. We do actually love poopy pants jokes. We could use more of them. Yeah. Um, but also, shouldn't he have his waist being transported out? Come on. Yeah. I mean, I guess in an emergency, you can't. In the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. In the heat of the moment. It's also kind of weird that they didn't just like teleport to this menagerie, right? Yeah, it felt. It definitely feels like it should have been teleported to, considering there's no reason. F- I mean, also, why couldn't they have just transported the humans out? 
that's a great question. Like they, they should have been ready to go. Yeah, they 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 could have been like, all right, yeah, like they because they're been, not like doing a jailbreak or nothing. No, they could have just been like, all right, uh, and teleport us out, and then mm-hmm. they just do that. Yeah, but it, yeah, it was. It, we'll talk about that more as we we'll go along. And, yeah, I mean, also it's just like it's like those things where it's just like, well, if they did it, if they just used the teleporter, there would be no story. Mm-hmm. Very true. So. After Gary uh, cleans up his shit, shitted pants, throws them in the... His beshitted pants. Beshitted. <laughs> I beshit you. I, I will shit your pants for you. <laughs> Here, bring them to me. Bring me your pantaloons. Bring me those pantaloons. I want to shit. <laughs> I want to shit. Shit. Dun, 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 dun. I want to shit. Uh, they're greeted by an alien named Narj when they get to Menagerie. Uh, who welcomes him warmly? Um, yeah, he's like he's like corn. Yeah, he's he's like a, a plant being. Yeah. Um, so Nara shows them around the menagerie and says that the humans are a popular attraction, and he'll be sad to lose them. Mariner asks how they were captured, and Nara mention, mentions they were brought in by accident in a shipment of other bipeds. Ransom assures Narj that he brought his best team and that they will be out of there soon. Hearing this, Mariner believes that Ransom is being disingenuous with her and Gary, believing that he's setting her up for humiliation. Do you think one of them has a humiliation fetish? Who's more likely to have the humiliation fetish here? I think Gary. Yeah, definitely. Like Gary, Gary wants to be like told he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, Mariner and Ransom, they're too much alpha. Yeah. Like yeah, like they're they would not I mean you can kind of see that also working in reverse where it's like they're very confident in their day to day but then mm-hmm. like they need to be humiliated in their in their private life maybe mm-hmm. so it, it's hard to say but i will say i think like gary gary just lives for the humiliation even mm-hmm. though i don't know him that well i'm going to make that assessment yeah i'm he, going to assume i know that makes an ass out of you and me but no no we're we're making a, a calculation here we are yeah we're making we're, i i will i'm gonna just say that we're experts gary the type of guy <laughs> to pay for a um we're star know, trek experts yeah he, well i'm i'm more of like a uh what do you what do you call it a, a dick rating online expert uh, yeah. and I, I feel like gary pays for dick ratings mm. but he's like really sad when they're like anywhere above a three mm. he's like but no it's not good <laughs> i want to hear how yucky it is <laughs> oh yeah it's pathetic. Oh yeah, I guess I guess like the the people he sends in are are too are too nice. Mm-hmm. He, he keeps going to the nice people who, who right. give him very positive reviews. No, he doesn't want that. He doesn't like, want the positive reviews. No, his uh, no, he his his holodeck programs would make fucking fucking Barclay blush. Yeah, Barclay would be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, right. They would make Jordy like turn away in horror. <laughs> That episode was playing in the hotel room. Oh, the one where he has Leah Brahms in yeah. the, the holodeck? Yeah, I was just like, oh, a classic. Oh, fun. It is a classic in cringe. It You're is, not wrong. It is a classic in cringe. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is always very embarrassing to watch because it's not, it doesn't, like in hindsight, it doesn't make Jordy look like a good person. No, it makes him look terrible. It makes him look absolutely terrible, especially the way he handles it. He mm-hmm. doesn't handle it with like being apologetic no. or anything. He handles it like being confrontational saying like he can't he shouldn't be shamed for uh yeah I, i'm not ashamed for masturbating to you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah sure cool. enough i use your likeness for the wrong reasons but but what you gonna copyright yourself we're in a communist future <laughs> dummy you dum dumb 
You want IP? Get the fuck out of here. IP on your idea. IP on your idea. And I'm gonna, I've peed on you in the in the many simulations. <laughs> and you've peed on me. Don't, More than that. Don't look at it. Don't watch them, I swear. Please, please. <laughs> He just sends her out of an airlock. Here, let's let's go over here. This this room, the, this is the room that we delete all of the hologram programs in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, this is the air. This is like a tip. I designed the ship. This is an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know. My my brain is wiped clean. No one will I ever a, know. I have a clean soul. I am not wrong. Yeah, Leia Brahms. I'm surprised she lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary wonders if Mariner and Ransom are in the process of a breakup, and Mariner says that they will be breaking up his coworkers, further confusing Gary. It was yeah, kind it, of a fun It line. did make it like um, at the uh, the last end of the last season, it did make imply that they were going to enter a romantic relationship. Yeah, because she, like, I think in one of the first two seasons, like, implies that she's, like, attracted to him. Yes. Yeah, especially when he takes off his shirt. Right. And, right. like, and they reference that episode in this, so you, you stabbed me in the foot! And, right, know, that's, right. that's when he, he tore off his shirt and heroically saved right, him with his right. double punches. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, Mariner asks Narge how he got into the prison business, and Narge tells her that his menagerie is not a prison, as he's given his creatures a safe home. Mariner approaches the display of a small white creature, saying it doesn't deserve to be part of his hobby. Narge identifies the creature as a moopsie, and that it is his favorite. And it goes, moopsie! Moopsie! Yeah, there you go. You got it. Moopsie! Yeah, you're pretty... That's... I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like how good you are at that. <laughs> that bothers me. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, please take that elsewhere. You um, don't like the moopsie voice? Oh, uh, no, I, I really don't. It's, <laughs> okay. That's... That's, uh, that's, that's too much. That's a, that's a lot to handle. That's too much to handle. That's too much to handle. No. And <laughs> telling you, I need to re- I need to record. We should make a Halloween ASMR video or sounds soundboard. Okay, we could do that. Yeah, it, it can be like a little special thing that we include for Halloween. Yeah, because yeah, lots of people use soundboards still. I don't know. Oh, it could be like a. It could I, be I, like I da- it could be downloadable tracks so you can play at your at your uh, Halloween festivities. All right. I mean, I have a thing where we can release stuff on like Spotify and shit. Yeah, and we can be for the patron subscribers if you want something special. <laughs> I'm not gonna make any promises. Don't forget. Yeah, that. don't don't sign don't, me up for this. Don't, don't sign me up for this. Because this is this is stuff that I know how to do, and I'm not sure you do. No, I so, don't. So <laughs> you're signing me up for your idea here. I am. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's just a no. It's just uh, a no. <laughs> so, um, Mariner asks if uh, Naj imprisons everything he likes, and Ransom intervenes at, as it is not their place to judge the menagerie, and that they're only there to collect humans. Mariner clarifies that she's there to be a human and call things out she disagrees with. And she's just like very, I don't love how self-sabotage-y she is in this episode. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've dealt with this before, like her self-sabotage Right. Thing. I feel like her and her mom did it kind of. And then, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. And that's kind of why she assigned her to Ransom in the first place. I think the end of the second season or something like that. Yeah. And I thought she kind of like made the decision to no longer sabotage herself in a way mm-hmm. but yeah. 
Who, who knows? Who knows? I guess they already had all the episodes written and they just needed to throw that in here. Too. Yeah. So Narj expresses confusion as he says he abides by Federation law. Ransom assures him that despite Mariner's persona, he trusts her with his life. Mariner refuses to let Ransom get in her head as she eyes the moopsie in the display. Moopsie. Thank you. On the Cerritos, Rutherford is with Tendi, telling her how he's looking forward to getting his promotion, since it will mean they can get back to doing what they always did together like normal. Tendi voices concern that she doesn't want him to pressure himself to get a promotion just so they can hang out, but Rutherford assures her that he's been working on a project he sure will impress Chief Engineer Billups. Mmm. Mmm. What you working on? It's a butt plug. <laughs> it's a butt plug. Okay. And it vibrates. And? And it does space time. <laughs> a temporal butt plug. Now you're talking. Oh, shit. It, it traps you inside of a temporal wormhole. Uh, it makes yeah. your butthole no, no, into... No, it's a temporal bunghole. Yeah, it makes your butthole into a temporal bunghole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it puts a celestial temple in your ass. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, it makes you the M ass airy. Am I Ooh. right, everybody? I got them. Got them. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you very thank you very much. Okay. You're all too kind. Yep. Like literally too kind. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't deserve that. So Rutherford approaches Billups to show him a project he's been working on to decrease the vibration in the warp manifold of a factor of 0. 0.05. However, Billups says that can't be right since another ensign, Livic, has decre uh, decreased the vibration of the factor by 0. 0.06. We'll say what? More. 20% more, much to Rutherford's annoyance. Billups says that if Levick keeps up work like that, he'll be promoted very fast, then implements the new protocol immediately. Back in Boimler's room, Boimler fumbles around for a visor so he can see better in the bright light uh, given off by the nacelle, but Livick's new protocol comes into action and the light only increases, further overwhelming him. Back in the menagerie, Narj shows Mariner, Ransom, and Gary to the display where the humans are. It's weird that he's still keeping them locked up. Yeah, you think like they would have just let them walk around. Right. And, and giving them like quarters or something? Like yeah. it's a big station. Yeah, like there was no, like even before they got there, they should have just let them out and just let them walk around. Right. And they have universal translators. Why can't they tell that they're like humans and the humans should have been like, hey, could. <laughs> We're sentient. Could you not put us in a zoo? Yeah. Maybe? And even still, it goes against. It goes again, like you know, like you know, how are we how are we defining sentience with like these people? Right. And our zoo's prison. Yeah. And our zoo's prison. Yeah. What do you think? You gonna weigh in? <sighs> I mean, yeah. It's like, are how like are we definitely like. It's just like the ability to communicate and uh, and just like enter like a polite conversation, you know, and just like you know, like when you can define intelligence in so many different ways, like especially the exocomps and stuff like that. It's just mm -hmm. like seems seems wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, especially since they're not still aren't giving like the doctor any like real legitimate claim to sentience, like they kind of do to data. Yeah, you know, kind of sucks. You know, how are we, how are we sure moopsie? isn't like a isn't intelligent um that's a very good question we assume it's not because it can't communicate in a way that it won't kill people yeah um or maybe it just wants to kill people it's probably right about that yeah it's right it probably is yeah it's probably good to 
kill everybody. <laughs> so Narj gets his keys out to let the humans out, and Ransom voices his appreciation for freeing them despite knowing the hit he would take to his bottom line. Narj assures him that while the humans are popular, his best attraction is the Perithian Swamp Gobblers. <laughs> Which sounds like uh, when you get your swamp, your ass eaten out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girl, you want to give me that Perithian swamp gobble? <laughs> give me that Perithian swamp gobble. Mm, give yeah. it to me nice and dry. That name seemed uh, extremely um, intentional. <laughs> extremely bathhouse. Extremely bathhouse. We'd love to see it. So looking over in their direction, Narsh sees the Moopsie. It's ma- the Moopsie is making an oopsie. Over in their direction, Narsh sees the Moopsie. <coughs> Moopsie! Out of its cage and is immediately terrified. Mariner doesn't take him seriously due to the cuddly appearance of the Moopsie. Which is odd to me because like, I figure, you know, um, uh, Mariner is always like in the know about these sorts of things. Right. She doesn't like trust like cute things because they're cute. Yeah. And and she's and she also is like demonstrated before that she has like an an expanded knowledge Mm -hmm. of like a lot of things they encounter. Like she's never like she's never wanted to be taken by surprise by something like she'll she's like, oh, yeah, I know what a moopsie is because like. Because, like, part of her story... She has street smarts. Yeah, she has street smarts, and part of her, yeah, her thing is, like, she's been an instant for so long, she basically mm-hmm. knows everything. Right. So, Narsh tells her that everything in the menagerie is incredibly dangerous, and the Moopsie manages to go into a vent and enter the enclosure of the Perithian Swamp Gobblers. Narsh warns them that the Moopsie drinks bones, Mar- <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. And yeah, Mariner, I like that. And Mariner asks how that's possible right as the Moopsie bites into one of the swamp gobblers and sucks the bones from it, terrifying <laughs> everyone. They all run from the room as the Moopsie escapes the enclosure and waddles slowly across the room. Back on the Cerritos, Rutherford is working hard on a new project and is successful in increasing the power outputs to the Tucker tubes by seven Pico Cochran's. <laughs> um, Bill Epps congratulates him on the project, expressing hope that his adjustments can apply to the Billups tubes. Rutherford is confused by what he means about Billups tubes, and Billups tells him that Livick figured out how to add a third tube to uh, the the regular Tucker tubes uh, without triggering a Heisenberg collapse, and named the third tube after him. And then, they, and then were the and there are the Tucker tubes main, named after Tucker. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. From from Enterprise? Yeah, from Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume so. So, um, and those are like the red tubes that you always see in engineering on uh, the TOS. And then, did they have them in Enterprise? I was trying to think. I, I don't even really remember because they Because they do appear a lot in different, like, um, other sci-fi things yeah, as different it's things. Yeah, like a reference. Yeah. 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 Um, and maybe just a prop that everyone kind of used because yeah. it looks very sci-fi. It does, yeah. Um, so Rutherford leaves engineering angrily, walking in front of Tendy, who's concerned about him, as Billups says he doesn't even know what to do with the third tube. <laughs> so meanwhile, Boimler has moved to a different room with the help of Shacks. His new room, however, is close to the holodecks. And... Uh, Boimler thanks Shax for helping him move before Shax excuses himself for a date he has with Tiana in the holodeck. She meets him outside in a Robin Hood costume. 
As Boimler continues to get to his room, he overhears Tiana and Shaq's activity in the holodeck, uh, and realizing that the walls are incredibly thin, and they're doing some kind of um, uh, Robin Hood cosplay where they're doing incredible violence to Robin Hood <laughs> while having sex or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, like it was, like then it shows like uh, when they were like accidentally spying on them before and they were doing like weird violent sex shit yeah to like 1920s stuff yeah (laughs) yeah like uh hey we're in the pictures now we're gonna have some sex (laughs) we're in the movie pictures (laughs) you see larry moe and curly over there they like to watch (laughs) hells yeah and shemp and Shemp loves to watch. Shemp all he does is watch. <laughs> yeah, his dick don't get hard anymore, but it can <laughs> still come from his prostate. That's why they call him Shemp. That happened in uh, Preacher. Really? With uh, Hair Star. Yeah, cool. He, he gets his dick uh, eaten off by... Um, he's a sex addict, and he gets his dick bitten off by a dog. Oh, wow. So, he can still come from his prostate. Yeah. I bought all your Preacher books. Yeah, you did. Including the the one that was signed. I gave that one back though, didn't I? Did I? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I had one that was signed. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yeah, the mm. first one. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I'm pretty sure I gave it back to you because I'm like, yeah, I I only bought them from you for like 25 bucks or something. I'm like, I didn't. Oh. This is worth way more than 25 bucks. Yeah, that's fine. No, I, I'm pretty sure I gave it back to you. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Pretty positive. Because I remember nice things I do, and that was a nice that thing. That was a I'm, nice thing. I'm pretty sure I did, buddy. <laughs> this is like a decade ago. Yeah, so. it was a decade ago. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're I... Gonna, you're going to find that book, and you're going to be like, God damn it. You're right. Damn it, you're right. They didn't lie to me. <laughs> I'm actually going to break into your house and put it in there tonight. <laughs> you're going to be like, wow, I still have this book, but who broke in last night? <laughs> <laughs> and what's this wet stain on the floor? <laughs> Is that cum? Yeah. What's on the cat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely cum. That is definitely cum. That's show business. That's what I call cum. There's show business. no business like blow business. There's no business I know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um. So... It- Boimler tries to move his bed to the other side of the room so he doesn't have to hear Tiana and Shaq's fucking, only for him to hear Captain Carol Freeman in the adjacent holodeck uh, congratulating herself for becoming uh, president of the Federation and in her introduction decides to do a presidential scat, which was very <laughs> funny. It was just I, the funniest joke in the entire episode, in my opinion. I was just like, oh, this. I feel this was put in for Brit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love any joke about scatting, folks. Yeah. Like, yeah. You you give me that shit, I'm all about it. A hundred percent. We love scat jokes, so we love it. Back in the menagerie, Mariner, Ransom, Gary, and Narge continue to flee from the moopsie. Moopsie. And enter a room and lock the door moments before the moopsie, moopsie. gets there. As the moopsie, moopsie attacks the door. Ransom angrily eyes Mariner as he believes Mariner released the Moopsie from its enclosure in an act of defiance. Mariner denies the accusation and finds it ironic that despite Ransom trying to demote her, she's about to be demoted for something she didn't even do. Ransom asks her why he'd want to demote her, and she says she heard what he told Shax in the gym when they were doing yoga. Ransom clarifies that he said she wouldn't be his problem anymore, 
because he wouldn't let her insubordination get to him. Uh, he also said that uh, all of the commanding officers she had before, she was manipulating into demoting her. Mm-hmm. Mariner denies this, but finds herself unable to explain her recent actions, which was a, a nice, like, kind of learning moment, and like showed like Ransom actually being a good leader. Yeah, I, like he was just like, no, I I have faith in you. Yeah, like, like you don't need to. Uh you know that, that in in your scam won't work for me with me right yeah like i won't be manipulated by you like trying to get demoted like mm-hmm. i'm going to believe in you because i know you're competent yes which you know i i felt that way about some people who've worked for me before yeah yeah coming to an understanding ransom tells her that no matter how hard she makes his life she still has his support which was actually really sweet oh mariner again says she did not release the moopsie moopsie and Ransom believes her. As they reconcile, Gary asks if they can redirect their attention to the Mipsy. and accuses Narj of setting it free. Narj finds the accusation ridiculous, and Ransom mentions the possibility that if it were killed, or if they were killed, Narj would get to keep the human exhibit, considering Narj is a plant-based alien and likely lacks bones for, <laughs> for Moopsy to feed on. Which is a fair which is fair. Yeah, I, I would probably assume the same thing. Yeah. Um before anyone can uh, explain, Narj debunks this uh, when the vent above opens and the Moopsie, Moopsie drops on Narj and proceeds to suck Narj's bones out, <laughs> which was just kind of fun. Which is pretty horrifying. Yeah, it was fun and horrifying. <laughs> it's horrifying to know that a, like, a plant creature has bones. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Mariner, Ransom, and Gary run out of the room and close the door behind them. Peeking in, they realize that uh, the room the Moopsie in has no ladders, so it won't be able to get back into the vents but their relief is short-lived when they realize the moopsie is trapped in the station's main control room the moopsie begins to walk all over the controls forcing the station out of orbit and hurtling towards the planet it's weird that there's like no one in this room at this point <laughs> yeah. like that there was no one working there or anything like, yeah they just kind of leave it on autopilot the entire time yeah it's like you know what we trust it yeah also it seems like narj is like the only person in this entire structure which yeah. was kind of strange. I can kind of sense that, though. Like, you know, especially at a certain level of technology, most of this stuff is runs basically by itself. And yeah, it doesn't I, seem like it really moves that much. It stays in orbit. Yeah. At the same time, even Jordy had his daughter there to help, right? Yeah. Oh. So Boimler is laying down in Jeffrey's tube with a pillow, having decided to set up his room away from all the commotion. But as he lays down, Rutherford comes in upon him. Boimler asks if he's doing a systems check, and Rutherford replies he's trying to diffuse heat conduction by a few nanojoules. Boimler notes that another ensign was through, looking to do the same thing, and Rutherford realizes that Levick beat him to the punch, and as he leaves, Boimler invites him out for dinner later, and he says yes. Which was a ki- kind of a cute little thing that they just kind of threw in there. Yeah. A line that didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, back on the menagerie, Gary panics as it's plummeting towards the planet, and the whole station, uh, in, and that the whole situation could have been avoided had Ransom and Mariner not been bickering with each other. I don't know if that's true. Um, Mariner volunteers to act as bait for the Moopsie to have a chaser out of the control room while Gary and Jack regain control of the situation. Ransom tries to stop her, but Mariner says that even if the plan works, They'd only be able to stop re-entry by the skin of their teeth. This gives Ransom an idea, and he orders Mariner to punch him in the face. (laughs) She does, 
And he's like, no, punch me harder. And she does and knocks out a tooth. And then she realizes what he's planning. And uh, he says that if the Moopsie wants bones, they'll give him bones. They'll Mar- give him all the bones he wants. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, zip. <laughs> um, so Mariner continues to punch him in the face, much to the bewilderment of Gary. He's terrified. So on the Cerritos, Tendi finally voices her concerns that Rutherford has been overworking himself to get a promotion as he rushes to show Billups another project. But before he can show up, uh, uh, Billups says it will need to wait until after the PIP ceremony. Livick has been given the promotion to Lieutenant Junior Grade, and Rutherford, defeated, goes back over to Tendi and apologizes for letting her down. Tendi orders him to stand at attention. Initially confused, Tendi orders him to attention at his superior officer, which is her, and tells him that no matter what their ranks are, they will always remain friends and continue to do the activities they love doing. Rutherford agrees, and they embrace each other. Aww. Yeah, this was a really cute moment. I really liked this. It was kind of twee, but I kind of liked it a lot. Rutherford regrets refusing uh, his prior promotions and commiserates, and Tendi looks at him in confusion. Uh, Rutherford reveals that after saving the Cerritos from the Packlids and uh, the space jellyfish thing, he was offered numerous promotions. <laughs> Tendi asks him why he turned them down, and Rutherford responds he didn't want his own room away from her, which was really, this is really sweet. And yeah. I'm wondering if those two are actually going to be shipped. I was wondering that, too. I'm like, yeah. I feel like it's, like, been, I mean, it does kind of, like, it has stressed in the past that their relationship is purely platonic, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, you know, I, I, I can get that. Yeah, either one of them could read Ace to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if, they, if it just constantly stays like they're just like, you know, just like platonic friends, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and, you know, that's fine. And yeah, I'm fine with either or. Either, either or. Yeah. I want to hear about them having sex, though. <laughs> you got to tell me about them having sex. I like them fictional characters having that sex. See? What? Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm sure, like, that. if you want that, that I'm oh, going to bet dollars to donuts. I'm be- yeah, dollars to donuts that already exists online. Listen, I don't want to lose dollars or donuts over here, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking that bet, friendo. No, not at all. So... Um, Tendi asks if he can just accept a previous promotion right there, and Rutherford uh, says he doesn't think he can because engineering is like that. Unconvinced, Tendi yells at Billups, asking if he uh, can get his promotion for the time he removed the hole, and Billups agrees, apologizing to Livick for missing out on the promotion. Uh, and uh, Billups just throws Rutherford the pip. Uh, as Rutherford is promoted, Livick curses his name. Like, and, Rutherford. And Tendi. So I wonder if Livick is going to come back in the future here. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I like I like Rutherford having a foil. Because mm-hmm. it, it, Livick did like get like a rare moment of, yeah. Him. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting mm-hmm. idea. If, you, if you're still going for the, uh, the overwhelming arc being like a person doing time travel. Livick. Livick. Oh maybe God. it's Livick. Yeah. That's you didn't gen- think about that, didn't you? Yeah. Like Livick tracks all of his failures back to this moment where he was passed over for promotion. Right. And so his future self comes back in time mm-hmm. to undo it. Right. I like that. Yeah. Who knows? So back on the menagerie, the Moopsie 
the Moopsie. Moopsie. Thank you. Is following a trail of teeth, which eventually leads him back to the enclosure. Upon entering the enclosure, Mariner locks the Moopsie in as ransom, now without teeth, and Gary, <laughs> with teeth, return from stabilizing the station's orbit. While they revel in their victory, they wonder how the Moopsie got out at all when Narj wasn't the one who let them go. As they move to release the humans from their enclosure, Mariner notices a certain painting of an umbrella is upside down. The painting falls from the wall, revealing it's actually a wall panel concealing the controls of Moopsie's cage. Realizing that the humans were responsible for rewiring Moopsie's door, they conclude that humans really are the most dangerous species of all. <laughs> so, uh, now we get a... Um, a lieutenant junior grades log. Nope, that's too weird, she says. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go with Mariner's log. So, yeah, of, of course it was the humans in the menagerie that set the Moopsie free. They'd seen how profitable they were as an attraction, so they wanted to kill Narj and keep the station for themselves. Humans, we really are the worst. So anyway... Makes me wonder why they would even be like a popular... Um, attraction. attraction. Like, yeah, you because see it's humans, like humans everywhere. Exactly. And it's probably mostly like humanoid creatures seeing yeah. humans. It's not yeah. interesting. Like yeah. If it like in like what what sector are they in though, or uh, what? Yeah. I think they're civilians. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about um, oh. like what uh, are they still in the Alpha Quadrant? Yeah. 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 So, then, like it's littered with humans. Exactly. That's what. What else is there except for humans and humanoids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, the, the log continues. So anyway, instead of bringing them to the Cerritos, we left them in the menagerie until somebody else has time to pick them up. Could take a while. As for Ransom, it took some doing, but Dr. Tiana was able to fix him up with a new set of chompers. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know, is that, like, ethical to just leave humans there? I mean, the humans did a fucked up thing, yeah. but maybe they... I don't know. Usually they like take them into custody for don't, ca they causing don't. the death of like a person. Yeah, like and and that also like it shows that they're crafty enough to let a release a moopsie. Right. And also it showed like the moopsie has no problem like getting through any sort of security. Like I like no. that was very that was a gamble on their part letting the moopsie free like very much so. Cuz he gets into like the the cock gobblers um uh, cage, no problem. The, the cock gobbler, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so in sick bay, Tiana finishes work on Ransom's teeth before excusing herself to the holodeck uh, to go kill the sheriff of Nottingham or something. <laughs> Mariner apologizes for knocking all of Ransom's teeth out, but he responds that he was ha only happy that she was following orders. Mariner also apologizes for doubting Ransom, and Ransom admits that while he hasn't always been supportive, he won't let her self-sabotaging herself, uh, telling her uh, that she is going to be a great officer. Boimler and Rutherford are moving stuff into their new rooms next, as the two will now be roommates. Yay. They enter the room, only to find it once again flooded by the bright red lights of the nacelle. As Boimler is again terrified at the situation, uh, but once Rutherford dims the viewports, the room's lighting becomes normal, and Boimler is like, oh shit, I could have just <laughs> kept the first room. Yeah. Boimler gets comfortable in the bottom bunk of their bed as Rutherford begins to work on a project, uh, hoping he won't bother him with his work. A spark jumps up and catches Boimler by surprise, causing him to lurch up and hit his head, creating a new denty 
in his bunk. <laughs> Boimler smiles and says that their new room is already starting to feel like home. The end. Aww. What'd you think? I like this episode a lot. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, especially after the last one. Like I was yeah. like, eh. <clears throat> but this one I enjoyed a lot more. Like it felt like a more. It, it felt more relaxed even though like it did have like wacky hijinks problems like a like a moopsie running wild drinking bones honestly like the moopsie was my least favorite part of the episode by far i did not like the moopsie at all yeah because the moopsie was very rick and morty and it was also also like uh you know um the rabbit from um monty python the holy grail yeah (laughs) like it's like you know we've seen like a fluffy thing that's like ridiculously violent before and right right yeah you know, get the holy hand grenade. <laughs> yeah, which is is fun, I, I guess. But yeah. it's like, I don't know, too cutesy, too obviously like a shot. It it like you know merchandising. <laughs> I think like there's gonna be boopsy dolls. No, like if if you if they don't have moopsy dolls and T-shirts within the next month, you can kill me. I'm going to guess there's... I, I bet you you could look online and find a Moopsy product right now. You're probably right. You know what? Let's do that. And that Oops. episode's been out, what, like a day? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to guarantee there's a Moopsy shirt. Moopsy shirt! Moopsy Star Trek shirt. No, there's no plushie yet as of two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Plushies take a little bit more work. No, I, I mean, they're merchandising. Their people are not good at doing it no especially since like considering merchandising people have like access i'd assume like the same amount of access because they release like the six first six episodes of the seasons of star trek uh for people to review right yeah and so you know folks already have those six episodes and have reviewed them you figure that like at least someone involved with the writing of it would talk to someone in merchandising and marketing found a shirt oh you did nice oh okay yeah What's it on? Uh, it's on. Is it bootleg? Re- reset it era. Yeah, it's a bootleg. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, that's why I figured. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a bootleg shirt. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I mean, they so they just officially released a Kirk is a jerk shirt. Yeah. On uh, like the Star Trek dot com shit, uh, and I've been making that shirt for like six months now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and my mine is superior and is uh, uh, also cheaper. Also cheaper. Yeah, which is better in every way. <laughs> I did see you did the post where you shared that on Twitter and like directing people to you, to uh, the Sway Trek store. Hell yeah. Just like you know, unofficially licensed. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's just words saying Kirk is a jerk. It's true. And it's it's all listed as parody stuff anyway. That's so. true. Yeah. Yeah. It, we're talking about Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron, obviously, Kirk Cameron is a jerk, Cameron. Yeah, if you've ever seen, um, you know, Saving Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like comparatively, like Kirk Cameron is the worst Kirk. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of other Kirks really, and Kirk Douglas, Kirk Van Houten. I don't know who that is. Uh, Millhouse's dad. Oh, okay, sure, right, right, right. But that's not a real person. No, no. Well, neither is Kirk. Maybe to you. (laughs) Yeah, true. I was thinking real Kirks though. Uh, real Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Douglas, Kirk Cameron. Um, mm. Yeah, not a lot of Kirks in my life. No, uh, and that's why all Spock shirts are in reference to Doctor Spock, the baby guy. Yeah, <laughs> just, true. Just to escape like Paramount. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We should put Doctor Spock on more stuff. Yeah, like, have it be Mister Spock doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think like that that Mister Spock is Doctor Spock, and they're one and the same thing, but mm. they're completely different things. Yeah. Doctor Spock was a real person. Doctor Spock was Doctor Benjamin Spock. Yeah. Which uh, he was big into child rearing and stuff, and gave some bullshit information to people. Did he? He did. Mm. He definitely did. But it was better than a lot of the. It was better than a lot of the like the folklore and shit that they were raising babies on beforehand. (laughs) But I'm glad that we're back to folklore baby raising now. Oh yeah, (laughs) people are more people believe in magic than than ever before. Yeah, more people believe in crystals than vaccines. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this episode was pretty good. Uh, I I feel like the fir- uh, the fourth season has started off kind of weak comparatively to the third season, especially. Yeah, like the third season was pretty much like all bangers in my opinion. Oh yeah, and this was uh, you know the first episode was mediocre, uh, and this episode was all right. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd give it a solid like six and a half or something like that. I do like human zoos, so it's like, humans. It's like, human zoos are fun. It's mm-hmm. weird that like they still have this problem a hundred and like thirty years from TOS though. Yeah, and that they're uh, still doing this. Yeah, you think like the like they would have let the humans out, but you know, yeah, or just teleported them off from the beginning. Yeah. Right. Or, like, yeah, giving them a ship or, like, let them go with anyone else traveling back to Federation territory. Uh, Yeah. Um, They weren't even, like, Starfleet or anything. Right, right. Exactly. And, like, but Starfleet ordered, uh, you know, the Cerritos to go pick them up, and they failed their mission. Yeah. Outright failed it. Outright. Yeah. And got the guy who runs the menagerie killed. (laughs) Like, who runs the menagerie now, considering that was, like, the only guy there? That we saw. That's true, right? Does it run itself? Yeah, I mean that was a pretty chaotic fuck up that they did on their part. Right, right, and it's obvious this place is like kind of in disrepair since the humans can do that shit. Yeah, and I'm surprised no other thing on here can do that shit since they obviously don't realize when they're even picking up sentient beings. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's all right. I don't know if the episode actually said anything. It was yeah. it was just kind of wacky. Yeah, just a wacky, wacky scenario. Yeah, yeah, I, I do and like the thing between uh, Ransom and Mariner, and also the thing between Tendi and uh, Rutherford. Yeah, like when she ordered him to stand her attention. That that was very sweet, and yeah. so was the Ransom thing. But yeah. uh, so we had some good emotional moments. Yeah, in this it was episode. more yeah, it was more character driven than anything else. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Which I'm okay with some character mm-hmm. less plot driven episodes. Um, yeah, the plot underwhelmed me. I'd say, yeah. and Moopsie was like too obvious of like just make something cute yeah and when i saw it i was just like that thing's going to be murdering people yeah and sure enough i was right yeah (laughs) it's like yeah we can't have two murphs we can't have two murphs we can't have two uh man-eating rabbits from mining python the holy grail Mm -hmm. like uh you know and that would have been fun if they did use the holy hand grenade on it that would be fun (laughs) (sighs) well uh, um, after after seeing this one, where do you see the season going? Do you have any ideas? Well, I like how you pointed out it could be Livic. Mm-hmm. If it's Livic, that that becomes like the main villain. It's a future Livic that's that's pissed off that Rutherford got promoted before him, mm-hmm. and now he's going back in time to possibly change things or somehow. I I, I would I I would be fine with that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, that it'd, being be, Livic. it'd be a little bit of a stretch, I'd say. Yeah. 
for him to be that mad. Yeah, well, who knows? It could like uh, this one. It's like one of those things where like one small thing escalates uh, to the rest of his life. Like he, yeah. he feels like that that removes a lot of other possibilities. That, that for was him. the hinge point. That was the hinge point. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like you have any hinge points in your life? <sighs> probably moving to Seattle. Moving it's probably to Seattle. Hinge point. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. I mean, yeah, they have them all, but yeah, it's like places where my life went wrong discovering the internet <laughs> i mean what what on the internet do you think does was it like something off uh something awful that that ruined you or like rotten.com yeah or? probably something awful uh-huh. like yeah all that stuff yeah so yeah. many possibilities lost in time yeah like like tears and rain brother. like tears in the rain oh. yeah like, uh, like piss and rain like 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 don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining Hell yeah. Why not? You're not into that? You're not into that kind of thing? No. No piss for me. Yes, piss for you. That's what this pod... This is a piss cast now. Oh, shit. Welcome to the piss cast, everyone. We're I, out here. We're pissing it up. We're, we're drinking lots of water. We're getting hydrated. It's going to, not going to be no dark pee up in here. We're the water sports boys. <laughs> the water sports boys. We getting moist with this motherfucker. Hell yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good place for us to leave it. Yeah. Getting moist with this motherfucker. We're <laughs> getting moist with this motherfucker. Yeah. Um. Overall, I don't know. I'd give this episode a. Did I already rate it? Probably uh, six. Yeah. Six and a half. Maybe. That sounds about right. Yeah. It's, it's. It's not bad. It's better than average. Yeah. Better than an average. You know, the episode of regular TV. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Rick and Morty, but yeah. still has echoes of it. Unfortunately, yeah. I yeah. do feel like it shed its Rick and Morty skin by second season. And it did, and then it kind of grew it back yeah. over this season, which is yeah. not, not my favorite thing. Yeah, you gotta get that, you gotta like peel away that, that skin layer again, it regrew. Yeah, I feel like the the show got a little more wacky yeah in these two episodes i do wonder if maybe they see like since rick and morty is dying since because of like the justin roland oh right we need a new rick and morty yeah so they fill that void fill that void even though it like made a wonderful niche carved a little wonderful little niche out for itself yeah yeah the third season was a fucking delight yeah it was a oh. delight everything is it's been it's been been delightful we love jack quaid we love tondi newson like mm-hmm like we love them. We love the crossover episode of Strange New Worlds. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's a great place for us to warp away. Yeah. Be well. Travel safe. And uh, maybe maybe go watch this episode. It's all right. Thanks for checking with us, away boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and I'm gonna go ride the Ferris wheel and pull my dick out and show all the kids. This moopsie just went poopsie.
Show it to me. Ha, 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 ha.